Is it possible to be a cool grandparent? I'm not sure I've ever thought of myself as cool. I've always felt kind of average. There's nothing wrong with that. Most of us are average. That's what the word means. Typical, usual, ordinary. But the longer we do this podcast and the more people we meet, I think maybe there really isn't such a thing as average or ordinary. Maybe I am cooler than I thought. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode of The Grand Life, we talk to guest Greg Payne, host of the Cool Grandpa podcast. So take a minute with us and consider what the word cool really means and how you might change the way you think about your own grandparenting, whether you're a grandmother or a grandfather. Greg Payne, we are so happy to have you here joining us on The Grand Life. Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here and visit with you two. You are the host of a podcast called The Cool Grandpa. So what we'd like to know first and foremost is how would you define a cool grandpa? A cool grandpa is somebody that is intentional in being involved in the life of their grandchildren and somebody too that isn't necessarily giving up themselves for that role. And what I mean by that is we're still working, we're still exploring life, we're still trying to figure ourselves out. You know, what do I want to be when I'm a grown up? And being able to take those experiences and that, uh, you know, station in life and then being able to share it with those grandchildren that we all love and adore. Oh, that's that's pretty cool, I have to say. <laughs> and you know, I didn't expect that grandfatherhood was going to be like that uh, in the way that you're describing. But being uh, vulnerable, transparent, incomplete, searching, being all those things to your grandchildren turns out, I think, to be easier and way more important than I thought it was going to be. You know, because sometimes when we get the news and we, and we find out that we're going to be grandfathers, we feel like, oh, now I'm the rickety old guy. And that <laughs> is going to be a stage in life at some point, but it's not me now. And that's not a right. lot of grandfathers now. We're still out we're going to Rolling Stone concerts, we're hiking the Appalachian Trail, we're doing so many different things that I want to make sure that people understand that grandfathers are active, we're still staying out too late sometimes, and we're, <laughs> we're just having fun and enjoying life and, and being able to, you know, share that with people. Yeah. Hey, Mike, do you think you're a cool grandpa? I think I can be, but I I, I also think that I'm an old soul. Yeah, you have I, been from, from and, day and one. I, I was born, you know, I was the 13-year-old kid who carried a briefcase in, in junior <laughs> high school. So, and I'm not kidding here. Uh, so there's that part of me that has always been older than my years. Um, I Not to be cynical about it, but Greg, I think one of the big enablers that you're talking about there, frankly, is healthcare. Statins, to be specific. I mean, there are a lot of people in their 60s who would be nursing uh, a bum ticker who are not because healthcare is so much better than it was when we had grandparents active with our lives. Well, and Mike, that's interesting you brought that up because on a recent conversation that I had, I had mentioned that same thing in terms of I've recently had back surgery. And I know people get knee replacements and hip replacements and all these things. And I remember as a 10, 12-year-old uh, kid thinking, man, my grandfather's already kind of broken down. He's got a hitch in his step. He's, you know, these different things because he was a farmer 
and he hard just life. had kind of that tough tough yeah. life yeah and it was it was hard they didn't have all the medicines and all the uh, you know, surgeries and replacements and things that we do now. So, uh, yeah, we've got a little bit of a cheat code when it comes to modern <laughs> totally. medicine. Well, speaking of age, so what age range are your grands? So my oldest grandson is four years old. And then my youngest granddaughter is now, I think, about seven months old. Yeah. something. That, she was born in April. Yeah, this it's hard in those months. It's hard to, you know, gauge. But so if if you have kids that are that, grandkids that are that age, um, I'm wondering, because you haven't really gotten there yet, but does the definition of a cool grandpa change according to the ages of your grandkids, do you think? I think it evolves a little bit. I don't think my grandkids think of me so much as a cool grandpa. I mean, my grandson definitely thinks of me as a wrestling buddy. I mean, I'll walk in the door <laughs> when I'm when I go up to visit and you know, it's it's game on. It's it's a panther attack coming at me off the stairs, which is <laughs> which is awesome. But yeah, I'm hoping that a little bit as they they age a little bit more and they start to get into their music, that I'm able to share some of my music that I grew up with and have those conversations and go, oh, you know, here's a great movie that I experienced and here's some of the things that I've had done. And, you know, we've been seeing more and more of this intergenerational travel Mm -hmm. and, and this idea. And I would love, and I've talked to my wife about this, and one of my dreams is to buy a 1970s Series 3 Corvette and be able to take that on a road trip with each one of the grandchildren when they get old enough. So That's awesome. You know, I I throw an atlas, you know, I'll I'll have to go to an antique store and find one, (laughs) but throw the atlas to the grandkids, you know, the grandsons, granddaughters, (laughs) and go, hey, you plan us a route. Your parents have given you two weeks to go on a road trip with me. Where do you want to go? What do you want to see? And then jump in that Corvette and take off with the grandkids and spend two weeks on the road in a classic car, just seeing America and having a chance to visit with them. So that's that's the intention. That's the vision for the future. So I'm saving up for that Series 3 Corvette right now. (laughs) Emily, you know that's the car. Uh Uh-huh. That that is exactly the car that you've said you've wanted forever. I know the one that looks like the Batmobile. Exactly, I've always wanted a car like that. And you know, you could also do carpool karaoke. Like you could (laughs) put on whatever whatever floats your boat and teach your kids all the songs and lyrics. I mean, for me, it would be the Carpenters, Dan Fogelberg, James Taylor. (laughs) You know, I don't know what would it be for you. uh, For me, yeah. uh, I don't even want to confess. Because inside inside that uh, briefcase, there was a cassette with Burt Bacharach on it. Well, Mike, I've got to jump in and let you know, my kids growing up, my two sons, for years, their favorite group was the Rat Pack. And oh, oh my goodness. They, they nice. loved the fact that we would give them... Um, you know, a Frank Sinatra CD or a Sammy <laughs> Davis Jr. CD. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, they, you know, some kids would think that grandparents are be or their parents are being mean to them. My kids absolutely <laughs> love that stuff. So oh, there awesome. are still old souls out there that might be a little bit younger than us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I would have to say we enjoyed passing on our love of music with our kids. And now the uh, the opposite has happened. And we just went we just went to hear a new group that our son mentioned to us. And man, they were great. We I would call it, it. alt bluegrass. And I don't think that's a, th- well, it might be a thing, but that's the only thing I know to call them. 
But it was uh, mostly acu- it was all acoustic, and it was rich, rich. It was really a lot of fun. Yeah, we and we adult- wouldn't have known about him had our adult child not told us about it. Yeah. So, so what you're thinking about and dreaming of, I think, is completely doable and really sounds like fun. Let's just hope you don't have, you know, fifteen grandchildren. <laughs> <'Cause-> <laughs> That'd be a lot. <laughs> I might have to trade that Corvette in for a land yacht. You know, yeah, just I mean, comfortable a, enough for all the trips. Or a Volkswagen band, whatever they call it. Yep. Um, yeah. We have 10 grandchildren at this point. I'm not sure we're done. So I'm not sure we're going to be able to do that, but we would love to because that sounds like a great plan that we could just kind of steal from you. Now, there are granddads that I know of who are pilots and who give their uh, grandkids, uh, uh, you know, flights. I am not in a position to do that, although I'm a, a an aviation fan. I'm not a pilot. But I understand that you are an aviation fan as well. I am. I, I've just had a love for, you know, the Warbirds, the classic stuff out of the 40s. But even before that, you know, your Stearman Stagger Wings come, you know, in the 30s. All that kind of innovation and how... Air air manufacturing was both beauty, art, and then, you know, just brute force muscle when it had to be for, for the war years. And I grew up where my grandfather would take me sometimes to the local uh, little rinky-dink air show. But there was going to be a P-47 there. Mm-hmm. And there was a P-51. Miss America was there. And he would install Miss America the aircraft. The aircraft, yes. (laughs) Not Miss America the the woman in the bathing suit. I knew what you were talking about. Right. Just wanted to clarify. I didn't. (laughs) Yep. And, you know, and I just love that. So, so yeah, airplanes and rockets, that sort of thing. That's one of my interests that I'm hoping my grandsons and granddaughters also get to embrace. And I'll certainly share it with them. And then it's up to them on how far into it they go. For example, I took my grandson uh, this last spring to the Air and Space Museum out by Dulles Airport. So not the one that's downtown on the mall, but the one that's out of the city a little bit. Yes, I know it. I've never been there before. And I figured he's about four years old. I was like, he'll be about two hours max. And that was about... Right. And he mm-hmm. was he was checking stuff out. Now I'll have to go back so I can read the plaques and really understand right. what was going on. But he did love the uh simulator rides, of course, being a little mm-hmm. kid and all the stars and everything flying by him. But then he also really liked some of the uh spacecraft that they had there. And so there, you know, there's some stuff there. And his father, my oldest son has been working slowly on getting his pilot's license. So he's done some flights and he's done some things. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that too. It's it's like I've got a little file of like, oh, I can't wait till they get old enough so we can go do this. Yeah. 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 Well, the one thing that strikes me about your fondness for for antique aviation is that you're going back in time so far that it was old when you were little. Yes. And so now it's old with they being little, and that's another uh, a place where you can bond, right? It was. It, it's not like you're bringing your childhood forward, like with music, for example. You're going back to well before any of us was born, when Beach was making stagger wings, and when people were buying Curtis Jennies, you know, after the war to learn how to 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 fly on their own. So, yeah, and good on you. You know, it was it was those crop dusters. Out at my grandpa's place. Yep, the Stearmans. Low, and they'd spray the fields, and they'd pull up and circle around and come back and do another section. And 
you know, I was just in awe about that. And, you know, learning that um, my grandfather's brother flew P-47s back in the war yeah. and some of those stories and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's really interesting. And you guys have a lot in common. I'm surprised because Michael's grandfather, one of Michael's grandfathers was a farmer. Um, and, you know, you have some of that same stuff going on in right. your history. Yep. I grew up on, I grew up on a farm. Yeah. Yeah. With my briefcase. <laughs> it was a weird, it was a weird time. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds like you've got all of these great plans with your grands and, and everything. And I'm, I'm feeling the same way. I'm very excited about taking our grands to theater. I mean, some of the kids are really into the theater productions of, we went to Chicago to see a, a Broadway, you know, a traveling Broadway show and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I just, I love to see their faces light up. I love to share that with them. So we all have different different hobbies and different things that we like to share. So finally, Greg, can you tell us a little bit about your children's book? And we, you and I have that in common because I'm a children's book writer as well. But what's your, tell me about yours. Sure. So I just wrapped it up to the point where we're going to the publisher to get a, a proof done so that we can okay the, the production run. The title of the book is My Grandpa's Grandpa. The gist of the book is that I'm at uh, my son's house and my grandson and I are wrestling around and mom comes in and of course, like mom's, hey, it's time for bed. And my grandson gets a little bit upset and he's very defiant and no, I don't want to go to bed. And then I've got to set him down and go, hey, we don't talk to moms like that. You know? <laughs> but then, uh, you know, I ask if I could go in and tuck him in for bed and I get the okay for that. And then when I go in, you know, like little kids do, it starts with 20 questions, right? Some of it is right. avoiding wanting to go to sleep. And then some of it is you've got a grandparent there and you've got grandpa. So it starts out with questions about, did you have a grandpa? Yeah. Right? Because a little kid, it's like, you're, you're it. Whatever their world is, is what they can see, feel, touch, smell, all that stuff. Exactly. So thinking of people past or, or bigger world is is new for little kids and so we go through and talk about yeah my grandfather grew up on a farm he played pickup sports you know didn't have organized soccer didn't have a little league it was you know grab your bat grab your ball and we're meeting at the sandlot or you know the empty field or whatever and we're playing mm -hmm. ball and then you know we talk about uh what he did after high school and he helped train pilots uh, for during World War II, and then he delivered mail. Uh, he was a rural postman, and so he would do that, and he did his farm. He and his brothers built his farm, and, uh, you know, so we go through that, and then uh, it's a little bit of what did he look like and all this, and then it wraps up really, well, I think it's really nice. It wraps up with, like, the kid saying, hey, am I ever going to meet your grandfather? You know, because in their minds, mm -hmm. they're still not, they, they don't process that, like, for my grandfather to have a grandfather, that grandfather is like a hundred and something years old at this sure. point. You know, and we just tuck him in and it's like, hey, someday you might be able to meet him and maybe he'll play his harmonica for you and you can tell him your stories and he can tell you his stories. And then, we, you know, we just kind of wrap up the book like that. So oh, that was sweet. An idea to build a bridge, and and hopefully it'll prompt people to have conversations about their grandfathers and grandmothers with yes. their grandchildren. 
you know, because right. we are that bridge between those generations. Exactly. What a great way to pass on your legacy to your own family and then all these people who read it and then figure it out how to do that for their own stories. That's wonderful. So how are you going to get the word out about your book? What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah. So uh, what I'm going to be doing is visiting with different podcasts. I'm going mm -hmm. to put this on Amazon. It'll be on my website as well. I'm talking to a couple of bookstores to see if they'll pick it up. I'll go to my local Barnes and Noble and my local bookstores around here in Atlanta, see if I can get some copies out on the shelves there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just really kind of try to get the word out the best I can and, and supply those links when I have those ready to go for how people can get the books and, and get it ordered. And hopefully I'll have these books out and ready to go by about the first part of the year. It might be towards the end of January. It might be start of February, but, uh, you know, I think just getting around and, and talking to other folks just like yourselves. Yeah, well, that's great. And, you know, we will provide a link for our listeners about your podcast. And also if any information about the book, we'll definitely put the title, let them know how they can get it when it's available. And we appreciate you being here on the podcast. We're, we're really happy to share all of this with our listeners and, you know, they can listen to the cool grandpa and become cool grandpas themselves or cool grandmas as it be. So Absolutely. I don't know. I, I think grandpas are going to always be cooler. Oh. I, I'm sorry. Okay. I just, I just think so. Where, where it is earned, it is deserved. Okay. I'll let you, I'll let you end with that. <laughs> So, Mike, since you think grandpas are cooler, just tell me when you think you're cool. Like, what experiences do you have that make you feel cool? Yeah. Um, having listened to Greg th and thought about some of the things that he said, I believe that I'm a cooler grandpa when I'm doing things that aren't necessarily expected or normal for me, given my age and situation. And when my grandchildren are with me or see me and know that there's something unique or special about what it is that I'm doing or how I'm doing it. Yeah, I understand that. I feel cool. I was thinking about this and I was like, hmm, when do I feel the most cool? When I feel, I think that I'm doing something that is unique, like you said. So I feel cool when um, I take the kids to go have tea because I'm kind of an Anglophile, bit of an Anglophile. So I like to share that with them, and I think I must seem a little cool when I do that. And I feel cool when I do it. Another time I feel cool is when I wear something that makes me feel really good, that's kind of maybe not your typical grandmother outfit. Does that mean it would be something youthful or yeah, something I think trendy? So. Something that I feel cool in, yeah. I don't know. That's That's one of the things. And then the other is... Something that makes me feel cool is when I can make a meal or make something and the kids come in the door and they're just like, oh, you made this for us. And I feel cool because I'm like, oh, this is not every grandparent would do this. Not every grandmother could make this. So I think there's two pieces there. One is the activity, which is meaningful to you, either because it's different or because it's, uh, it's significant. And then the other is their recognition of that. So you wouldn't feel like a cool grandparent if you're grandchildren weren't present or didn't in some way benefit from what it is that you're doing. Yeah, maybe not. I'm not sure, but yeah, it makes sense. 
we asked you on our Grand Life Facebook podcast fan page what made you feel like a cool grandparent. So please go ahead and put on there what you, makes you feel like a cool grandparent. I would love to know. And uh, there are that's one way to talk with us and have a conversation with us. And then there are a few more. A couple of old standbys, old reliables are the uh, Grand Life Connection at gmail.com. That's the inbound email address for things from listeners. And then there's the old uh, dial-up telephone, 317-572-7876, where you can leave voicemail and let us know if we can use your audio on the air. And don't forget to rate or review us. That's That's a great gift to us. We really enjoy that. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. I used to roll my eyes every time one of our daughters would talk about this book that Dr. Becky wrote. Dr. Who? Dr. Becky. And it's uh, it's called Good Inside. Every time she talked about it, I was like, hmm, that sounds really strange. I'm not sure I'd be interested in that as a parenting technique. But I actually read the book, and I have to say, I'm starting to quote her like Shakespeare. That's next time on The Grand Life.